Section 15 of Drake by Alfred Noyes. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Cynthia Moyer. Book 10, Part 2. Scarce had he vanished in the night than doubt once more assailed the queen. The death of Mary had brought in France against her, Walsingham and Burley himself, prime mover of that death, being held in much disfavour for it, stood as helpless. Long ere Drake or human power, they thought, could put to sea, a courier sped to Plymouth, bidding Drake forbear to strike at Spain, but keep to the high seas, and, lo, the roadstead glittered empty. Drake was gone. Gone, though the friends of Spain had poured their gold to thin his ranks, and every hour his crews deserted. He had laughed, let Spain buy scum. Next to an honest seaman I love best an honest landsman. What more goodly task than teaching brave men seamanship? He had filled his ships with soldiers. Out in the teeth of the gale that raged against him he had driven. In vain, amid the boisterous laughter of the quays, a pinnace dashed in hot pursuit and met a roaring breaker and came hurtling back with oars and spars all trailing in the foam a tangled mass of wreckage and despair sky swept to stormy sky no sail could live in that great yeast of waves but drake was gone then once again across the rolling sea great rumours rushed of how he had sacked the port of cadiz and had swept along the coast to lisbon where the whole armada lay had snapped up prizes under its very nose and taunted santa cruz high admiral of spain striving to draw him out for fight and offering if his course should lie that way to convoy him to Britain, taunted him so bitterly that for once in the world's eyes a jest had power to kill, for Santa Cruz died with the spleen of it, since he could not move before the appointed season. Then there came, flying back home, the Queen's old Admiral Burrow, deserting Drake and all aghast at Drake's temerity, for, he said, this man thrust o'er my head against all precedent, bade me follow him into harbour mouths aflame with cannon like the jaws of death, whereat I much demurred, and straightway Drake clapped me in irons, me, an officer and admiral of the Queen, and though my voice was all against it plunged into the pit without me left me with some word that burns and rankles in me still making me fear the man was mad 
some word of lonely seas a desert island and a mutineer and dead magellan's gallows sirs my life was hardly safe with him why he resolved to storm the castle of st vincent sirs a castle on a cliff grinning with guns well known impregnable the spaniards fear drake but to see him land below it and bid surrender sirs the strongest fort of spain without a blow they laughed and straightway he with all the fury of satan turned that cliff to hell itself he sent down to the ships for faggots broken oars beams bowsprits masts and piled them up against the outer gates higher and higher and fired them there he stood amid the smoke and flame and cannon shot this admiral like a common seaman black with soot besmeared with blood his naked arms full of great faggots labouring like a giant and roaring like apollyon sirs he is mad but did he take it say you yea he took it the mightiest stronghold on the coast of spain took it and tumbled all its big brass guns clattering over the cliffs into the sea but sirs ye need not raise a cheer so loud it is not warfare twas a madman's trick a devil's then the rumour of a storm that scattered the fleet of drake to the four winds disturbed the heart of england as his ships came straggling into harbour one by one saying they could not find him then at last when the storm burst in its earth-shaking might along our coasts one night of rolling gloom his cannon woke old plymouth in he came across the thunder and lightning of the sea with his grim ship of war and close behind a shadow like a mountain or a cloud torn from the heaven-high panoplies of spain a captured galleon loomed and round her prow a blazoned scroll whence as she neared the quays which many a lanthorn swung from brawny fist yellowed the sudden crimson of her name san philippe flashed o'er the white sea of faces and a rending shout went skyward that outroared the blanching breakers tis the heart of spain the great san philippe overhead she towered the mightiest ship afloat and in her hold the riches of a continent a prize greater than earth had ever known for there not only ruby and pearl like ocean beaches heaped on some wizard coast in that dim hull blazed to the lanthorn light not only gold gleamed though of gold a million would not buy her store but in her cabin lay the charts and secrets of the wild unwhispered wealth of india 
secrets that splashed london wharves with coloured dreams and made her misty streets flame like an eastern city when the sun shatters itself on jewelled domes and spills its crimson wreckage through the silvery palms and of those dreams the far east india quest began the first foundation stone was laid of our great indian empire and a star began to tremble on the brows of england that time can never darken but now the seas darkened indeed with menace now at last the cold wind of the black approaching wings of azrael crept across the deep the storm throbbed with their thunderous pulse and ere that moon waned a swift gunboat foamed into the sound with word that all the invincible armada was hoisting sail for england even now elizabeth torn a thousand ways withheld the word for which drake pleaded as for life that he might meet them ere they left their coasts meet them or ever they reached the channel meet them now or too late too late at last his voice beat down e'en those that blindly dinned her ears with chatter of meeting spain on british soil and swiftly she commanded seeing once more the light that burned amid the approaching gloom in drake's deep eyes lord howard of effingham high admiral of england straight to join him at plymouth sound how many ships are wanted she asked him thinking we are few indeed give me but sixteen merchantmen he said and but four battleships by the mercy of god i'll answer for the armada out to sea they swept in the teeth of a gale but vainly drake strove to impart the thought wherewith his mind travailed to win command of the ocean sea by bursting on the fleets of spain at once even as they left their ports not as of old to hover in a vain dream of defence round fifty threatened points of british coast but howard clinging to his old world order flung out his ships in a loose long straggling line across the channel waiting wary alert but powerless thus as a string of scattered seagulls beating against the storm then flying to meet them a merchantman brought terror down the wind with news that she had seen that monstrous host stretching from sky to sky great hulks of doom dragging death's midnight with them o'er the sea towards england up to howard's flagship drake in his immortal battleship revenge rushed through the foam and through the swirling seas his pinnace dashed alongside on to the decks of the tossing flagship like a very viking shaking the surf and rainbows of the spray 
from sun-smit lion-like mane and beard he stood before lord howard in the escutcheoned poop and poured his heart out like the rending sea in passionate wave on wave if yonder fleet once reach the channel hardly the mercy of god saves england i would pray with my last breath let us beat up to windward of them now and handle them before they reach the channel nay but we cannot bear the coast cried howard nor have we stores of powder or food enough my lord said drake with his great arm outstretched there is food enough in yonder enemy's ships and powder enough and cannon shot enough we must revictual there look look he cried and pointed to the heavens as for a soul that by sheer force of will compels the world to work his bidding so it seemed the wind that blew against them slowly veered the sails quivered the skies revolved a northerly breeze awoke and now behind the british ships blew steadily towards the unseen host of spain it is the breath of god cried drake they lie wind-bound and we may work our will with them signal the word lord howard and drive down and as a man convinced by heaven itself lord howard ordered straightway the whole fleet to advance and now indeed as drake foresaw the armada lay beyond the dim horizon wind-bound and helpless in Karuna bay at england's mercy could her fleet but draw nigh enough with its fire-ships and great guns to windward nearer nearer league by league the ships of england came till ushant lay some seventy leagues behind then yet once more the wind veered straight against them to remain beating against it idly was to starve and as a man whose power upon the world fails for one moment of exhausted will drake gathering up his forces as he went for one more supreme effort turned his ship towards plymouth and retreated with the rest there while the ships refitted with all haste and axe and hammer rang one golden eve just as the setting sun began to fringe the clouds with crimson and the creaming waves were one wild riot of fairy rainbows drake stood with old comrades on the close-cropped green of plymouth hoe playing a game of bowls far off unseen a little bark full sail struggled and leapt and strove towards plymouth sound noteless as any speckled herring gull flickering between the white flakes of the waves a group of schoolboys with their satchels lay stretched on the green gazing with great wide eyes 
upon their seamen heroes as like gods disporting with the battles of the world they loomed tossing black bowls like cannon-balls against the rosy west or lounged at ease with faces olive-dark against that sky laughing while from the neighbouring inn mine host white-aproned and blue-jerkined hurried out with foaming cups of sack and they drank deep tossing their heads back under the golden clouds and burying their bearded lips the hues that slashed their doublets for the boy's bright eyes even as the gleams of grecian cloud or moon revealed the old gods were here rich dusky streaks of splendour from the spanish main that shone but to proclaim these heroes there a boy more bold crept nearer to a slouched hat thrown upon the green and touched the silver plume and felt as if he had touched a sunset isle of feathery palms beyond a crimson sea another stared at the blue rings of smoke a storm-scarred seaman puffed from a long pipe primed with the strange new herb they had lately found in far virginia but the little ship now plunging into plymouth bay none saw e'en when she had anchored and her straining boat had touched the land and the boat's crew over the quays leapt with a shout scarce was there one to heed a seaman smiling swaggered out of the inn swinging in one brown hand a gleaming cage wherein a big green parrot chattered and clung fluttering against the wires a troop of girls with arms linked paused to watch the game of bowls and now they flocked around the cage while one with rosy finger tempted the horny beak to bite close overhead a sea-mew flashed seaward once from an open window soft through trellised leaves not far away a voice floated a voice that flushed the cheek of drake the voice of bess bending her glossy head over the broidery frame in a quiet song the song ceased still with rainbows in their eyes the schoolboys watched the bowls like cannon-balls roll from the hand of gods along the turf suddenly towards the green a little cloud of seamen shouting stumbling as they ran drew all eyes on them the game ceased a voice rough with the storms of many an ocean roared drake captain drake the armada they are in the channel we sighted them a line of battleships we could not see an end of them they stretch from north to south like a great storm of clouds glinting with guns from sky to sky so after all his strife the wasted weeks had tripped him the fierce hours of pleading for the sea's command great hours and golden moments all 
were lost the fleet of spain had won the channel without a blow all eyes were turned on drake as he stood there a giant against the sunset and the sea looming alone far off the first white star gleamed in a rosy space of heaven he tossed a grim black ball in a lustrous air and laughed come lads he said we've time to finish the game end of book 10